Welcome to Tell Me Your Story, New Paradigms for a New World. I'm Richard Dugan, your host, and I thank you so much for being with us here on the program. We are here uh, Sundays at 7 a.m. and 7 p.m., Monday mornings at 1 a.m., and we are streaming live at richarddugan.com. We uh, also have a program on Wednesdays at 9 a.m. We hope that you will uh, look into that because uh, I think that it will be uh, it will be a good addition to um, some of the stuff that uh, we're all uh, looking at doing, and that is making this a better place for everyone. We also are on SoundCloud, iTunes, TuneIn Radio, Spotify, Stitcher, Player FM, Blueberry, iHeartRadio, Amazon Music, many other locations on the internet, just too few, too many to mention. And then we are on YouTube where you can listen to and watch these interviews. We hope that you will. We also ask that if you can help us out financially, we would greatly appreciate that. We have a PayPal account. It's there for your security as well as ours. And one of the things we're going to remember to talk to our guest today about is this whole aspect of going within and listening to that still small voice during this the decade of perfect vision. We hope that you will spend some time doing that. And with that, we bring back, believe it or not, to our microphones and our cameras for the fifth time. That's right. For the fifth time in quite literally three, four years, we have uh, Diane Collins and she is the creator of something rather spectacular you're going to want to find out more about. And that has to do with a book that she has uh, created as well as a system called Quantum Think. And the book is entitled, Do You Quantum Think? New Thinking That Will Rock Your World. And she also has a new song that's uh, actually copyrighted in 2021, but we have been able to hear it for the first time, and you will hear it at the end of this program. We hope that you will stay with us. Uh, Diane, it is wonderful to have you back again to continue, literally continue our conversation because, well, as time goes on, you and I, we're both growing and learning and experiencing, and we come up with new stuff that that comes our way, whether it isn't so much that we created it as much as it just kind of comes to us. Thanks for being with us. Right. You know, it's so wonderful always to be in conversation with you, Richard, and to be on tell me your story. And that's such a great title. And I love your, your musical intro to the show. And, you know, it is very interesting what you're saying, because there's certain people who, as we all know, you can resonate with anyone just by power of intent. But I think there are some things that are almost a destinal connection. And I think you and I have that, a destiny where whenever we talk, it's just, it's so uplifting for me. And uh, our intent, of course, is that it will be for all your listeners and viewers. Well, it's uh, one of the things that we are going to touch on is a question that I think you started out uh, in this whole in this whole area asking, and that is, what is the access to creating the results we truly want? We talk about that in the context of uh, giving people choices and knowledge of those choices to help make their dreams come true. 
And the more choices that we can provide people with, the greater the opportunities are for them to make their their heart's desire come true. Although I will ask you this in this context, because I know we touched upon this some time ago, sometimes we start asking for things that really are not in our best interest, but we want it anyway. And and I think that's something, it's almost like, it's like that proverbial little kid, you know, who says, I want this. Like you're, if you're in a toy store, I want this, I want this, I want this, you know, and we just keep asking and asking. And sometimes the universe will acquiesce and say, all right, if that's what you want, uh, you know, but bear in mind, there are what we might call unintended consequences. Talk to us a little bit about uh, that aspect and we'll get into the whole aspect of creating uh, but we kind of do that unconsciously, don't we? Uh, we, we, many well, people have been doing that. I think that that is an intriguing question, to say the least, <clears throat> and an important one because when you think about that, we have been born. You know, you say what my original question <laughs> when I was born: what is the access that we have as? human beings, I was going to say ordinary, but none of us are ordinary, but let's say an ordinary daily life, mm -hmm. uh, being aspects of divine creator, source creator, however one wants to relate, and or just infinite intelligence, if you don't want to think of it as a, as a specific entity. But obviously, we are part and parcel of an infinite intelligence that is mysterious and magnificent beyond what any of us can even fathom. And it continues. So you think, well, people look in the world and say, well, why is, you know, why is, why are there so many bad things going on? You know, mm. why do we have so much misery? Why is there suffering? And this really, I'm going to get to the, what you're asking about, because I think it's a great point to ask that question that we've been born with the power of intent. And when you talk about choices, well, if we are at conscious awareness with our choices, and I think that really is the heart of the matter, Richard, because we have an aspect of ourselves, and this is where quantum, you know, how did what's quantum thinking? That we have been born into uh, a field effect of a way of thinking that is rather conceptual in nature, and a lot of the automaticity comes out. What you said about the child going in, I want this, I want that, I want that. So in that instance or in many, we're all like big children, right? Mm. That we have a lot of that automaticity going on. Now, I say blame it on being brought up in a context for thinking that was the industrial age, the age of machines. It gave rise to the age of machines, the genius age. And now we're in the quantum age. So we're we're we have already evolved. Now what needs to evolve is the way we think and how we relate 
to our own consciousness, our own awareness, and our own system of thinking. Quantum think is a system of 21, what I call distinctions in new thinking that are based in quantum principles. We can go into a little of them. And I know your audience is very familiar with a lot of the quantum principles. You talk about it a lot. And the merging of it, the re-merging of it with spiritual wisdom that is common to all great mastery traditions. So when you look at this whole thing, it's a long answer, so let me bring this to a point, where when when we are in, we could say, the state of clarity, the Mm. state of higher awareness, the state of being aware of our own awareness, even though these automatic reactions or automatic behaviors, automatic ways of thinking. I have a word for them in quantum think. I call them least action pathways, a hyphenated word, least action, meaning the least conscious action, Mm -hmm. least action pathway, because it's been that route before. So it's automatic and the brain actually makes connections based on it. So, but the point is, we, I believe, are beyond our brain, okay? I know that people are now doing a lot of work with the brain, which is great when you're you know, in an acute state of, well, I don't want to get on that tangent yet. Let me finish this point. Mm-hmm. So when you talk about choice, what I call the myth of choice, is that we imagine we think freely and independently, but a lot of the time we don't. And we don't realize that we're thinking within the larger context of the system, the industrial age, I lovingly call the old worldview thinking, the quantum age, which is the more expansive, up-to-date, and more enlightened principles to be thinking and living from. So the greater our own awareness in the moment, the clearer the static of our own energy field then we are at choice if you're just in an automatic reaction to circumstances of life whether it's reading the news whether it's you know choosing what to eat or whatever it is you're not actually a choice now the fact is you could still say i want that i want that i want that i I know my desire body is is um I like a lot of good things. Okay, let's put it that way. Mm -hmm. And I think we're here to enjoy. But this is the main point, is that how do we use that dynamic principle that we have been imbued with by virtue of human birth from divine spirit the power of intent, which is the active dynamic of, of dynamic of creation for human beings that we get to use. And I think the idea, and this is what my work is about, it's a mastery practice. The idea is to learn to use these faculties of mind, meaning consciousness, as our individual, individuated form of consciousness, to learn to actually tap into and use the faculties of mind in a way that makes us effective so that we can get 
what we want, not only for ourselves and our loved ones, our communities, but for the world at large. Does that make sense? It does indeed. It does indeed. And especially the aspect that you described of this sort of automatic or knee-jerk reaction, reaction, not action, but reaction, and that it's automatic. And again, it's going back uh, a couple of centuries uh, to a time in which that's just kind of the way it was. And I have to wonder too, in this regard, because I think that this is this is important to consider. There is a lot of the blame game that's going on around mm -hmm. the world about the way things are today. And something tells me that based upon what you have just shared with us, there should not be the blame game going on. This is just the way that it has developed over the last two centuries, short and simple. There's nobody's to blame. It's just the way that it is. And there was a different f a way of thinking prior to two centuries ago and four and six and eight and 10 and 20 and 30 and 40, however far back you want to go. So that process of, shall we call it thought transformation again, in, in the context of your, uh, uh, you know, quantum think th that process has been evolving over the millennia over humankind's existence and that's all that's happening now is that we're evolving to the next level this is not a blame game right absolutely you know i'm writing a new short book um hopefully it'll be out before the end of the year and the to make it everyone said can you write a short book? okay but anyway uh and i said this blame and shame blame and shame but when you think about it, and this is the difference between you're saying two centuries. So we're talking about what's also known as scientific materialism. Mm -hmm. It's like this science evolved where, let's say, we came out of an agrarian culture as a humanity and we, you know, started to innovate with all kinds of new technologies and machinery right and what would make life easier and bring us into what we call the industrial age so what happened though i think is we got oriented around the physical dimension of life so even though in the background we were spiritual we understood the sense of the sacred maybe we understood energy i don't think so much of that to tell you the truth but and we forgot that that physical material aspect of life is only one of many a multi-dimensional reality so what is that? How did that affect the way we think? Well, let's take the very first distinction in quantum think, which is called holistic and holographic. Now, everyone loves to go around saying we are one. The world is one. And yet, because of that physical reality dimension that we've been oriented around, uh, really focused in it, you know, otherwise what, you know, black, white, red, purple, whatever, mm -hmm. all these differences 
material differences and not being in the awareness of the actual unity of all of us, of all of nature, of all of life, of all of the greater cosmos, which now the web telescope is showing images of billions, you know, millions and billion, billions of stars and millions of galaxies that, again, unfathomable. So when you bring it back and here we are on Earth, so we're living in a concept, a mental construct of oneness. And yet what we need to be able to do to go beyond the blame and shame and the, and the, you know, the very distressing divisiveness that is persisting in our culture right now, it, to be able to go beyond it is to actually be an experience of the oneness and part of it can come from just understanding now i heard one of you uh, you and your guests talking the other day and we we've all heard a lot of people talking about oh we had a spiritual awakening mm -hmm. whether it was um, a very good guest you had um marty i forget his what the anyway i enjoyed it and but the point is that people have something happened to them like distress i call it crisis awakening where what if we could intent use our intent for conscious awakening then we wouldn't have to have the crisis awakening but the point is throughout the ages from the beginning of whatever is uh you know the memory of humankind where the people who had reached these higher states of consciousness we call masters or self-realized beings mm -hmm. that they have all admonished us wake up wake up what are we waking up from that mechanical conceptual consciousness and so you can have a spiritual and i think i was thinking when i was listening to that show with you and marty i thought well you know it's pretty interesting People always say, well, I had a spiritual awakening and mm -hmm. it changed my life. I took a whole new direction. Well, if we know that spiritual, what is a spiritual awakening? If we know that spiritual connection to self with a capital S to all that is to the unbounded, all encompassing infinite intellig intelligence and awareness of which we get to be <laughs> right a focal each of us a focal point of if you already know and i'm very logical as well as metaphysical if you already know that that's what it is well then shouldn't we be teaching our children shouldn't we be learning at a young age to awaken that spiritual connection within ourselves and to be able to relate to it in every aspect of life and then what would that make possible in life there wouldn't be you know what would happen is the blame and shame once you are in that experience of that spiritual awakening you are in that experience of oneness you know mm. so i'm sure you've had it too 
And then what happens? The blame and 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 shame, it's not an issue. It's like you you talk about transcendental, right? Meditation mm-hmm. or transcend a transcendent experience, then that aspect of reality goes back into the ethers where it's no longer actualized. Mm. That's how I see it. How do you see it, Richard? Well, I'll share that with you as we uh, continue here on Tell Me Your Story with Diane Collins. And her book is, of course, Do You Quantum Think? Stay with us right here on Tell Me Your Story. I'm Richard Dugan, your host, and uh, Diane Collins is my guest. This is her uh, fifth appearance here on this program, and uh, I always enjoy having uh, uh, visits by uh, guests we've had on before to continue the conversation. I uh, To answer your question uh, from a moment ago, my uh, my observation, and, and I always put it this way because I never want to put onto anyone else what I have concluded. I would hope they would consider it, but I'm not making this a hard and fast rule. And, and here's a kind of an ironic statement. You know, there are those who claim uh, that uh, there are no absolute truths, except for one small problem. The statement that there are no absolute truths is an absolute truth. Ergo, there's at least one. And it's a paradox. But, you know, uh, I also heard this from a protagonist in a movie that that said, there is no reality. There is only perception. And I think that's probably absolutely true. As a child, I used to think that I was the proverbial little creature inside the head of the alien that you saw in men in black when they had that alien the huge alien on that big table and they popped open the head and there was this tiny little guy in there and he was operating the whole thing and i used to look at myself as that tiny little guy looking out through the eyes and listening through the ears and so forth and that the universe was here for me but then i also concluded that everybody else is exactly the same. Each one of those bodies has a tiny little individual, an essence, uh, if you will, inside the head that's seeing and hearing and so forth. Um, But one of the things that uh, I wanted to ask you about in regards to- Can I just make a comment about that before- Oh, sure, go ahead, go ahead, please. Um, Because a lot of people use that perception and i think you know the way that you said it there is no reality from the movie i guess there is no reality it means there's no fixed and static reality and that is a quantum principle that is a quantum uh perspective because everything is energy and flux informed by intelligence and conscious so it's always shifting and and changing so there's Mm -hmm. no static this is the way it is even though perceptually we do perceive reality that way you know otherwise the physical realm is very important too that we wouldn't you know we wouldn't be able to live or survive or relate so you know and there's all these aspects of looking at the world as a hologram but to just take that it doesn't mean that things aren't real it means it's not fixed Mm-hmm. And the other aspect of it is I like to make a slight nuanced distinction. Okay. 
it's not so slight because perception has to do with the physical, what we usually think of as our ordinary physical five senses, you know, taste, touch, smell, hearing, sight. And I think that in the quantum way of saying it, it's called the observer effect in the quantum thing system. Mm. It's what I consider the most important distinction. And it's distinction number two. <laughs> distinction number one being you have to see the whole thing, how it all interrelates. Right. But distinction number two I call observer-created reality, which is in essence what you're saying, but a little bit different. Be and, and it's so interesting when you say, well, there's all these other little <laughs> people inside looking out. And uh, But observer-created reality, let me say what that is is that there's no fixed way that reality is uh, that, well, then what's showing up, what's manifesting? And the observer effect means what we bring to our reality, what we hold in consciousness, mm -hmm. the conclusions, the assumptions, our, you know, whatever way our worldviews, values what we bring to that observation of any situation whether it's the world situation the government um you know someone close to us in our lives anything that what we bring i say it very simply what we bring is what we get and that gives us 100 percent power actually and responsibility for our experience because it's not like you can change the circumstances that are you know a lot of circumstances we're not in control of it's kind of like the weather However, yeah mm -hmm. we are 100 percent in command can be when you're conscious enough to see this consciously aware i should say we're all conscious mm -hmm. when you're in command of your relationship to those circumstances. And that is where our power lies. So when you say observer created reality, that especially in the domains that are not the manifest hard, you know, frozen light that Einstein said, fixed reality that we think of uh, like the table I'm sitting at or something like that. Mm -hmm. But in a most important realm, the relational realm, and also you could say in the emotional realm, because our thoughts give rise, the meanings that we give to our thoughts give rise to our emotional state response. And if you're not having a good experience, what this observer-created reality means is we can actually shift it. How do we do that? First, you realize it's not fixed and absolute, just like you said, um, that, and in fact, the spiritual wisdom and the science agrees on that, but you don't need a science or a spiritual master to tell you. You can do that yourself and you can see it with little kids right one minute they're crying the next second they're like hi let's go you know play so we can actually shift our experience in an instant 
an instantaneous transformation mm -hmm. in the non-physical realms. And that is in the realm of thought, in the realm of emotion, and in the in the area in the domain of relationship so this is where you know we started out the conversation you know how do where do we have access to creating what we what we want if you're having an experience that you're not that is not giving you or others the great wonderful experience that we're of life that we're here to have then you can shift it by learning these how to use these faculties of mind in that case how do you shift it one two approach one you realize it's not the truth just because you have a thought you don't have to identify with it you don't have to own it we know that we are the the greater awareness aware of the thought but when you have it what do you do you create a new intent. Mm. What do I want to experience now? How can I, you know, everybody says, don't judge, you know, judge not lest you be judged or whatever. We want to live the highest virtues. This is our access to doing it. You realize you, you're still going to have those judgments, but you don't have to remain with it. Mm. We're talking with Diane Collins, and we're talking about uh, some very fascinating things, and I want to dive into another area. As we continue here with Diane Collins, dianecollins.com, and do you quantum think the title of the book here on Tell Me Your Story? I'm Richard Dugan, your host, and uh, Diane, I want to ask you to... Uh, uh, I want to. I don't. I, I don't know if this is going off on a sidebar or if this is related, but uh, it came to me in terms of uh, waking up and the and the phrase uh, you know that we are uh, we are uh, wanting to awaken to um, a higher consciousness. Can you help us? Because uh, I have to say, I'm I'm just. Um, in my own ego and personality, I'm really annoyed by the the conversations over the word woke. I don't know even what the hell that means. Okay. okay? Uh, but from your perspective, help us to not only define from your perspective the difference between being woke as as a pejorative term by some people versus awakening to this this uh, 21st century form of thinking well this is a most important topic and i i started laughing richard because my family was over the other day and was hosting a birthday party for my brother and my sister you know as soon as you bring up well our family is split politically mm -hmm. i like to call myself the transcendent party because the parties really don't matter and see that's part of the automaticity where that we're we need to awaken from but to get to this word woke and i've looked into it i like to research and i realize that it, it it has become an aberration, I think, of the origination of it. Woke, I think, was, if I've researched correctly, was originally for the purpose of just being awake to 
um, in particular, I think uh, African, you know, the black race not being um, not ha not being treated properly. I want to say it that way. Mm -hmm. Okay, so the lack of, and it was just to be awake to the the fact that every single one of us are oneness right in mm -hmm. diverse diversity in the oneness have everybody wants everyone to have rights right it, of dignity to be dignified to be treated properly and mm -hmm. again this is where the but what happened is i feel it got distorted like a we're in a Frankenstein version of it, right? Where it it's like a monster in our society now. Mm -hmm. It's not because we don't want uh, everyone to be respected and to be treated with dignity that every human being deserves. It has nothing to do with that, and it's not. It transcends race, creed, whatever, gender. But that this wokeness became like uh, a tribal, uh, I don't know how else, I don't even like that word, but I, I'll use it here. Like being identified with, going back to what you were saying about, you know, it's the blame and, and shame. Like mm -hmm. every little thing, you know, you say a word and somebody's going to be offended. And if you understood the nature of the observer effect, right? Or mm -hmm. you you call it perception. I know what you mean, but I wanted mm -hmm. to take it to another dimension of it. Sure. The observer effect, what you bring is what you get. Do we have to take offense at every single thing? I mean, the comedians, our culture is being... Um, it's being attacked by when I say our culture, our creative arts. Okay. People want to rewrite the books. They don't want, you know, you can't say this rewrite yeah. the song, baby. It's cold outside. I think we talked about that. On yeah, we did. Yeah. Shows. And, and it's everything. You can't laugh at yourself. You can't say certain words. Uh, we're not allowed to use the, you know, it, these yeah. universities who are coming out with these lists of words that are can't use because it might offend something or someone. Now, to me, this is a Frankenstein monster. Yeah, this is not what the what I feel in my understanding. The original wokeness was just to be aware of how you're treating people. So the people who are on this woke, you know, Frankenstein bandwagon, how are they treating people? And this is where the awakening, okay? Mm -hmm. I was once right. One of my unpublished blogs, as I call it, why woke is not awakened. It's exactly what you brought up, Richard. It's like, that is not an awakened state. Because if we're attacking anyone, if we cannot appreciate the creativity that however we have you you know utilized language as long as we're not 
intentionally hurting someone. And I think that is probably a very important aspect of it. Is it intentional when we say the word woman, you know, or I forget some of the others, the word, it's so ridiculous. But are we trying to hurt someone? Yeah. Are we, or do we have to say, you know, birthing person instead of the word woman? All these things, to me, they don't make sense. And I think that this is a way of our, what I would call a crisis awakening that's going on in our world on earth right now. Because we are in a time of what has been called the great shift. We are, you know, I must, I look through many lenses, astrology being one of them. We are in the time of the age of Aquarius, a time when the brotherhood, sisterhood of humanity comes together in unity with awareness, serving humanity. That's the symbol, the water bearer. And water represents consciousness. So it's that, and we each bring, it's another aspect of Aquarius, uh, the symbology of it in astrology. It's the higher mind. It's the higher consciousness. And it's also the uniqueness, the genius that is unique within each one of us. So how I say it, it's paradoxical, but it's for the time for each of us to bring our unique individuality, the God-given gifts, talents, traits, proclivities that we've been born with, and bring them together to the community of humanity. Mm. Now, for that to happen, we, we cannot be lost in this aberrant wokeness. Mm -hmm. How the, do you see it? Yeah, there is a certain element of, as you've described it accurately, I believe, there's a certain element of victimhood in quote-unquote wokeness, but not so much on the person who is woke, but on the person who is maybe listening to, like, like I say, a comedian who is someone's listening to this comedian who says this, that, and the other thing. I mean, I, I went back, I mean, I love going on YouTube and, and, uh, cause I like, um, uh, my wife likes watching a lot of these dramas and so forth before we go to sleep. Well, I then put my earbud, earbud in my ear and I go to YouTube and I listen to the comedians. Some Me of the current too. ones. Yeah. Some <laughs> of the current ones, but I've even gone back to, uh, some of the uh, 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 comedians going back to the 80s, like uh, uh, even Eddie Murphy and the movies that he brought, he came out. And I'm listening to some of this stuff going, wow, he'd never get away with that today. But that was the era in which we were at that time. Exactly. Uh, so, do you, you know, what's wrong with it? There's nothing yeah. wrong with it. Yeah. You know, it's so funny because I heard you saying about you and your wife. My, I, we have a similar thing. My husband watches all these police shows and things that I don't want in my consciousness before I go to bed. And I do the same thing. I'm the big YouTube, you know, yeah. Yeah. going all over, listening to the, a lot of the comedy. And I'm working on developing a TV comedy series so i'm very aware of what you're talking about and i go back and listen you know seinfeld one of the most 
uh, successful comedy series of all time, right? Mm -hmm. Classic, yeah. still on. And people say, oh, these producers I was working with, they go, oh, that could never be, you know, produced today. And I think that's a sad situation. Yeah, and, it really is. It right? really is. Yeah. Well, and there are a lot of programs like that. We're talking with Diane Collins. Her book is Do You Quantum Think? DianeCollins.com, which, of course, we will be linked to, as with the other previous interviews we have uh, uh, had with uh, with Diane here on Tell Me Your Story. I'm Richard Dugan, your host, and uh, it is always uh, a wonderful uh, time of a conversation with Diane when we have her on the program. Um, one of the, the other elements that I think is, is something we want to talk about now, and that is you have actually written a song. Uh, and of course, I can relate. I don't know how. I mean, you're, this particular piece of music is nine minutes long uh, as far as the recording is concerned. I've got the lyrics in front of me. And it's called We're in a New World. Now, I would think, by the way, I love, I love also known as QT Diva. Uh, it's just, that's uh, just as cute as ever can be. Uh, but uh, REM. I have an artist name, right? I, I like it. I like it. Um, but REM really did say it best uh, prior to this, uh, this piece that you put together. And that is, it's the end of the world as we know it. And the reality Forgive me for putting it in this context, but the reality is every moment is the end of the world as we know it, because we can't go back. And and I, I myself, I can't go back. It's been a year since my eldest sister passed away. It's not even been a month since my father has passed away. I can't go back. The, that world where I grew up as a child, it's gone. That world doesn't exist anymore. It's it's gone. I can't go back. Um, and even 10 minutes ago, five minutes ago, half a second ago, I can't <laughs> go back. And you talk about how we are in a new world. The lyrics along these lines here, uh, we're in a new world. You've got to think in a new way. You've got to think in sync or get driven to drink. Uh, do it for yourself. Do it for us. Take a quantum leap in consciousness to a fully dimensional reality and the more accurate view of knowledge at the edge today. Uh, you've got to expand. Your thinking is bland. It should be it should be banned women children or men you're not in command you think you think free but between you and me your think is shaped by the 17th century which is what we talked about at the front end of this program exactly and there is some now i i begin to truly understand more when i've had guests on when i say hey we have choices and knowledge of those choices and they say no no not really because we haven't awakened to the reality that our thoughts are uh, uh, um, uh, uh, are are mired in uh, the th the thinking, the processing, the the problem solving of the seventeenth century or the eighteenth or whatever century you want. 
in the past. You have 21 different, I believe it's 21, by the way, let me just say, Blackjack, I win. Um, you have 21 uh, different elements within your book, uh, Do You Quantum Think? Can you can you go, I, I don't know if they're put together in a specific order in the book, uh, but um, can you get us started on this process uh, to be able to answer that question? Yes, Um I am beginning to quantum think. I really want to make that shift. Uh, how how can we start? Okay. I did, by the way, there are 21. I call it 21 plus one because the 22, chapter 22, is called living fully dimensionally. But So I call it 21 plus one. It's probably mm -hmm. some numerological thing. But, you know, I just want to say something about that song and we'll go into that. That song, and this is an aspect of it, because I keep talking about the faculties of mind, which I distinguish five, and it's really faculties of consciousness. Intent, which creates. Intuition, which connects to the non-local mind field of we can go anywhere there. It, we're not going, we're actually connecting. Um, subtle energy, which we feel, and we are transformers of energy. So we can always um, transmute our energy to a higher state. You know, when my husband says, oh, man, I go, well, well, up your frequency, you know, <laughs> bring your frequency up because we have the capability of doing that with our intent. These five faculties work together. So subtle energy, resonance, which we know everything is resonance and you know about sound and the effect of sound actually brings things into form. Okay, so this is known in sacred geometry, it's known in sound healing, you know it. And uh, I think I mentioned in my book, I had all these little mentions, not going into it, that NASA scientists were trying to figure out how to use sound to build things, you know, in space, instead of building them here and then trans transporting it and mm -hmm. using sound. Anyway, and the fifth faculty being meditation, which I consider an aspect of mind, of consciousness, not only a practice. We do the practice of meditation, whatever form you have of it uh, that you like to practice, but it's because we can live. We are in a meditative state. So when someone says, oh, go and be still and go within, well, where are we going? You know, we're just connecting to that meditative state, to that meditative faculty of our consciousness. And we have that available to us in any second. And, you know, I like what you were saying, Richard, because it's true. Something left that I'll get, uh, I want to get to that because there's another point of it about things going in and out of existence. Mm -hmm. So looking at, you know, how do we quantum think? We, we're doing it because what, and I'm trying to think of what would be, um, well, I can, I can say, okay, I'll give one distinction, but that will get us out of it. But I wanted to tell you something about my song as it relates to these faculties of mind, mm -hmm. because it's like, where does genius come from, right? We hear all these stories. Someone went to, I was listening to Ray Kurzweil the other day in a program that Al and I attend every year, Abundance 360. It's 
mind-blowing about all the new technologies and we learn a lot there um and anyway ray kurtzweil is one of the people who thinks brain mind you know brain vci they call it brain computer interface it's coming sooner than later he's a futurist he's a great inventor i think he invented something to do with sound i think dolby sound anyway he's a true genius and you, whether you agree with him or not and why did i bring him up <laughs> was I, I lost my train of thought there i went on i went on a tangent but what was i saying about i don't know that completely left okay it'll come back mm -hmm. but anyway the the um the point being that we are here oh i know what i was talking about the art of distinguishing which mm -hmm. is one of the quantum thing distinctions number 15 i think and what is it it's the method so the i know why i brought up about ray kurtzweil because i was thinking this morning there's a difference between thinking and information processing so when they talk about artificial intelligence, and mm -hmm. now it's AGI, artificial generative or general intelligence, where they say, well, are the computers getting smarter and smarter and smarter and smarter, right? Mm -hmm. And are they going to overtake us? There are all the movies on it. And people are actually talking about it now. And there's that's the fear. And uh, this is going on. It's a part of a conversation. If you're look, tuning into that aspect of society, I expect you have been tuned into it a little bit. And what I thought of this morning is that there's a different, maybe the machine, like the brain, okay? Mm -hmm. The machine meaning the computer, which is, you know, becoming amazing even before quantum computing. Okay, just in classical computing, they say, is that we have all the information available to us. We're already connected to it because we're always with this. Okay. Yep. Mm -hmm. And so that's outside the body, whether you want it inside, I don't know, like the idea of it. But if you make a distinction, and this is the art of distinguishing, how do you learn anything? Is you bring it into your awareness. This is a quantum thing, uh, distinction. The art of distinguishing, a new worldview of learning. You bring something into your awareness in the present moment, right now, in such a way that it alters your relationship to it. It transforms your experience so when we talk about something and you hear about something it could be something you already knew about but you're experiencing it in a new way this is how we learn and that's because we learn through experience right you can talk about pasta see pictures of it you know <laughs> talk about all the different re recipes for it but until you taste it you're it's not in your experiential knowing so mm -hmm. this is the art of distinguishing is that you can give yourself experiences of awareness. It's not only tangible, you know, things like pasta. Experiences of awareness that transform our state. And that's what quantum thinking is. So when you're reading or listening to the distinctions, I have a, a video program, an audio program, 
I have an audio book, which is how I got into the studio to do my song. But when you're, and this is not just quantum thinking, but quantum thinking is distinguishing a new way, way of learning because if the computers have all the information, they will, they are already ahead of us in terms of information processing. I'm sure many people have heard of chat GPT is the latest craze. It's the fastest uh, growing app in history, chat GPT, where you can be in a conversation with an artificial intelligence, like bringing it, I say, from just companies using artificial intelligence to the ordinary person using art artificial intelligence. It's considered now to be the biggest cha game changer since the internet became a household thing. Wow! So it's something that we should know about. But mm -hmm. when you look at what's the difference, are the is the computer going to take us over as human beings? No. Why? Because it's processing information. It can process. You ask ChatGPT a question, it comes up in like a nanosecond, like a whole thing. Mm. Whatever you ask it about, I guess you haven't tried it yet, but no, you should. No, um, I have not. <laughs> it's uh, it's called OpenAI. I forget the rest. It might be dot anyway. Open if you do anyone does a search on open AI chat GPT. And it's free right now, or they have a free version, and right. you can use it. And it's just astounding. And it, it, it people are using it in business, people are scared of it in schools because kids are using it to write their essays, and they, of course that <laughs> is not good. So you're not right. I mean, yeah. it's a big thing. But the my point being to make a distinction between thinking as a creative act, as a connection to divine source, as thinking, creating from nothing, whereas all the artificial intelligence is actually creating from something. It's creating from data that is already there, and it may come up with new variations on the theme. And that's why I feel it's not going to have the heart soul. They're trying to say that they'll be sentient. You know, the, the combination of robotics and artificial intelligence, and that's the future, and it's going to change our whole society, which it, I'm sure that it will in the outer world. But I, what I want everyone to know is that within us, as aspects of divine consciousness, that if we commit ourselves, have an intent, to be the masterful beings that we, I believe, I, I don't want to say it's a belief, I know we are here, especially in this era, in this time of this great shift of, as REM and other people <laughs> and the Hopis have said, the end of, right? It's the end the of the end world of as the we know world it, right? Uh -huh. As we know it, the Mayans that people are familiar with, but a lot mm -hmm. of the indigenous cultures, the end of the world as we know it, because we are evolving. And so what we need to know is that, and Ray Kurzweil, who's, you know, top of the, you know, chain on this, this topic about mm -hmm. artificial intelligence, he says, it's not that it takes you over. It's that you learn how to use it. Mm -hmm. So for me, quantum thinking 
is learning. You know, I'm not in the technology business, but I keep myself aware of it. Quantum thinking is having an intent to be a self-realized, masterful being, mm. to learn the faculties of consciousness, the faculties of mind that we've been endowed with, how to use it, and to use it in the highest way possible for the best vision for ourselves and, and, and the earth. And everyone, you know, we could say the cosmos, that's another show, right? <laughs> but we, we <laughs> right? But to know that we are here to be those great beings, right? Everyone said it, Jesus said it, Buddha said it, Krishna, that you can do what I do and beyond. Mm -hmm. This is what the masters have taught us. I have a, a chapter in part one of Guantan thing called mastery, you know, where I discuss all these topics, mastery, mind, wisdom. And then the second half is the, the actual system of, of principles. But when you look at what's going on in the world right now, it's very important for each one of us to stay connected to that aspect of ourselves, our higher states. And so I don't know, you know, you can't really explain, you know, where do we start was their question with quantum mm -hmm. thinking. And I've given you a few of the distinctions, observe a creative reality, but this is really what it's about. It's about having an intent to live in the expanded state because you know, people meditate. We know it changes our brain. It changes our state. It changes our behaviors. It changes our health. What I am putting forth is that we can live simultaneously in the meditative state. That is that state of awareness of awareness. And at the same time, living our worldly, the ego that we love. I say, love your ego, <laughs> love yourself, and capital S. Really, I mean, we're here. Yeah. We have an ego identity. Yeah. But it's to be playful. Yeah. It's why do we look at the comedies and the movies? Because it's play. It's yeah. the play of consciousness, it's, it's called in, you know, Eastern philosophies. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And that's it. So- it's like, what if you could live, which you can, I'm saying, in a meditative state and at the same time be enjoying, enjoying fully, richly, all the different aspects of the identity that you came here to develop in your SOU soul purpose in this incarnation? Mm. Extraordinary. Absolutely extraordinary. Diane Collins is my guest. I'm Richard Dugan. This is Tell Me Your Story. I am so happy that uh, Diane Collins has joined us here on the program. DianeCollins.com is the website. Do you quantum think? I hope so, that you've learned something here on the program. And uh, get a copy, if you will, through Barnes & Noble. Go through her website as well and uh, and pick up a copy. There are a lot of other things that she is doing as well. And you mentioned earlier uh, that you're working on a, 
uh, another uh, smaller uh, smaller book. Uh, it it made me immediately think of I believe his name was Marshall McClure. Um, uh, Stan Freeberg uh, did a satire of him. Marshall McMedium. I am the studio, and the studio is me, and that kind of thing. You know, and, I love um, it. And the conversation was, uh, uh, yes, I understand you wrote a book. Yes, I did. And uh, um, can you explain it? Well, it, and he went into this long dissertation and he comes out and, says, <laughs> and I'm working on a supplement to the original book. It's an explanation of the book. And then I'm working on an explanation of an explanation. I just wish people would get it. Uh, and it's just really, it's really a very funny thing. One of the other aspects of uh, our existence, and you talked about, you just talked about this in terms of one of the elements, one of the parts that is integral, but also uh, inseparable, and that is our ego. When we have different parts of our body, and I learned in psychology, you've got the id, the ego, the superego, those kinds of things. I wish I had done better in psychology in college, but eh, so so, well. Anyway, uh, (laughs) That was a long time ago. I think you're a little bit beyond it right now. Uh, I, I hope. I hope. <laughs> you, yeah, you I was, I was, you're at an even more expanded state. Well, that's you know, again, it was that was in a galaxy far, far away. But uh, <laughs> I, um, one of the things that I have uh, been been grappling with um, uh, that that, and I love talking about the the subject. Uh, in spite of the fact that I've now experienced it twice in my lifetime of, of close family members, death and dying. Um, I've always, I've, I've always enjoyed the conversations because I've always been curious, you know, and I've talked with people who've had uh, near death experiences and out of body experiences and so forth and so on. And I'm always curious as to what are they experiencing now? What's, what are they doing? And I actually had the opportunity to actually experience that not because I had an out of the body experience, but because I went through a hip, hypnosis uh, uh, program called Life Between Lives, Doctor mm-hmm. Newton is his name. Who uh, initially did all of the case studies. I've read three of his books in regards to the case studies. And the therapist, uh, the the practitioner here in Santa Barbara, took me back to my previous life before this one, and to the to that death, which actually was was quite pleasant. I mean, it was it was not traumatic, and then to the the experience after I left that body and so forth. And it was really fascinating. And then of course, coming into, into this existence, but I, I think about what we take with us and we, we've been talking about consciousness. We've been talking about waking up, being awake, not woke, but awake. Okay. Uh, and in spite of a few periods of time of sadness and sorrow and great tears, for the most part, I can say, well, my father was here in this body over here in Phoenix. Now he's everywhere. And I talk to him a lot now. I, I really do. Uh, uh, you know, it's not so much expecting an answer. It's more just kind of saying, Hey, you know, da, 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 this is, this is this, and that is that, and that there's the other. And I remember, um, putting this query out about how sometimes when we ask questions, sometimes the answers come, but sometimes the answer is in the question. And then there was a third option that, that just kind of came to me in the middle of an interview when we were talking and it was, 
do you understand how irrelevant that question is? <laughs> no, there's nothing wrong with the question. It's just it's irrelevant to the grand scheme of things or the big picture. And one of the elements that we talk about on this program, Diane, <clears throat> is, of course, um, we're looking for those new ways of living because the old ways don't work. Just look around us. You know, it's obvious and it's time to move forward. And Einstein, I believe it was Einstein who said, you cannot solve or deal with the challenges of today with the consciousness that created them. You've got to raise your consciousness. So when it comes to this aspect of leaving the body, that little creature that this decides, pop the head open, leave, and away you go. Um, we are immortal, or at least that little thing there that, that resides is immortal. And that the body of my sister and my father were mortal and they, they were returned to ashes, ashes to ashes and dust to dust. And it isn't just one philosophy, but all these philosophies that say that, and even science has verified that everything is energy, even the ashes and the dust. It's all energy. That's like you mentioned earlier about the table, you know? Yeah, it may seem solid. That may be the perception, but the reality is it's energy. And energy, it has been said, cannot be destroyed. It can only be transformed. Does that apply to thinking? And then, and you made, I think, a real great distinction that I hadn't thought of before between processing of information and thinking, because processing of information isn't thinking. Exactly. Okay, there was a lot in there. I know. I I'm going to talk about, you know, th this. <laughs> I want to say something about, you know, this, the transition. People often talk about death that mm -hmm. way, right? Oh, he made his transition. And I, you know, it's like, there are these questions that I've had. I'm sure people have, you know, what's the difference between the soul and the spirit and obviously the body? But, right, the body is like our personal spacesuit for the for each incarnation. But I always think of it as uh, the soul is sort of like a messenger of of the divine that uh, that evolves, that mm -hmm. is like a higher state. I call it the esoteric dimension, mm -hmm. the soul evolution. And the spirit is comes from the identity that incarnates. So I think, because I think, well, how is this mediumship going on, right? How are we talking? By the way, I do talk to my dad who's made his transition. Mm -hmm. And a few other people, too. They come through. You can actually, if you wanted to, it's not weird, but you can actually connect to any anyone but yep yep absolutely and i do get actual responses one time a friend a friend of my husband's who had passed on and i didn't really know him i met him once we were sitting down for dinner at a restaurant and all of a sudden he had all these messages for alan it came through me if you're you know feel safe to 
to let it through you. But I've had mentors, uh, one of my great mentor on the other side, every time I talk about Oh, so getting back to the distinction, spirit, soul, body, mm -hmm. that the spirit, you're always in touch with that spirit. And you're right, right? The energy never dies. It gets transformed. But let's just think of the identity. What is this mediumship? And um, I think it's that when the body is shed, that the spirit doesn't die either. Okay, so let's say if you go into a past life regression, and um, I happened to meet personally because he lived here and other reasons, Dr. Brian Weiss, who was a person, I don't know if you know who he is, who wrote the book Many Lives, Many Masters, and he was a psychiatrist in Miami Beach, the head of psychiatry there in a hospital, and he he was an old worldview, you know, strict materialist scientist. This happened to him years ago, and he was regressing one of his patients. And she was coming up with all these things, you know, past lives, and she could speak in languages that she didn't know in this particular incarnation. And he didn't know what to make of it. He was ruling out multiple personality, etc. But what happened is that in between her incarnation talk, messages came through for him. And that's why it's called Many Lives, Many Masters. Mm -hmm. And they told him things that no one else, he's never told anyone in the world. And something, some entity, you know, of intelligence knew him and to convince him. Anyway, he's now famous for that. Many, it's a, such a great book. And especially for people who have had their loved ones make that transition, it really is so helpful because you, you get a deep understanding of that each soul incarnates with a particular purpose and and how long or how short their life will be. And it's just really, really helpful to people who are in the sadness about it. But anyway, um, my mentor who was a psychic astrologer actually she introduced me to brian weiss um who used to say to me you know it's a thin veil and in the people who study such things now of the energies you know we're getting higher frequency energies from our own son apparently I'm just repeating what I've heard, and I actually feel it, but we can feel there is an awakening going on, despite all the tragic events in the world that we see every day. And so it's simultaneous. But what she was saying about, so they say now that the veil is getting thinner, and mm. that's why it's easier for us now to actually connect with those who have left the body. And um, I think that's a good thing. And I think, it, you know, you're asking, I think we're given these experiences so that we can, you know, you have the wisdom, Richard, to be able to inquire into this whole phenomenon of death, which we, you know, some people, that's their profession in life here, but to be able to have it be a more conscious conversation so that people aren't afraid of it 
and so that people understand and again that we do there is multi-dimensionality it's not just many people think there is like you have this body this one time and you're out of here now in the physical dimension that's true right or even mm -hmm. in the dimension of spirit where that's the end however the soul when you're then i think that is the true awakening it's the awakening of the soul that when that happens you realize there is more than this and personally i've had some experiences of past lives also so it's something that it's it's not even a question i know it to be true and i I went to hear uh, Jim Tucker at the Edgar Casey Institute several years ago. And, you know, he gives all, they have a lot of data and the scientific studies of reincarnation. So to me, it's like, yeah, okay. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> okay. So, and who knows, because it's all a mystery <laughs> anyway, but let's say that in, in, going to a more expanded consciousness i think it can help us as a humanity deal more effectively when i say effectively get you know be more at ease not that you're going to be comfortable with death right. of a loved one mm -hmm. but to just be able to embrace it and know that that spirit never goes completely. I mean, I've asked my dad, and one time I was on a show, just saying, I was on the radio show, you know, I've been on hundreds of shows, but with a medium from New York years ago. And it was a year that we used to be part owners in um, a thoroughbred racehorse, who I felt a real soul connection. Mm -hmm with mambo meister is his name and he was a somewhat he was a champion horse and he had to be put down mm. he broke his leg in a in a workout and it was like so sad i cried my eyes out anyway and i asked her well do you ever connect with animals and she said oh yeah anyway mambo meister came in and gave i mean i gave me information about a piece of jewelry that i had on my cosmetic dressing table that oh this woman didn't know about it and anyway it came through and mm -hmm. i had it wasn't it's not mind reading it's it's something else so we do have connection mm -hmm. to if we want it because sometimes you don't want it right you know like, yeah. people are afraid of it like yeah. no don't come near me and you can block it or you can let it in mm -hmm. and i was going to tell you my my dad sometimes when i talk to him he's hovering i and <laughs> i say well where where are you he said well first he rested at, he's it's paradoxical and i <laughs> you know i to people who are not attuned to this you could sound, you know, it sounds a little bit weird, but it's mm -hmm. not weird. And he said to me, well, he actually moved on. You know, he had to, his soul had to move on. Mm -hmm. 
the spirit of that person who was my dad in this physical you know dimension of reality he's that still i don't know where it exists as you say now your dad and your sister are everywhere right mm-hmm. they were we were limit we have the limit when we're in the physical body but you can actually uh expand and connect and i think well do you find it comforting to be able to do that or how do you feel about it oh yeah it? oh very much so and um you know i i uh I get these impressions every so often uh, from him. Uh, matter of fact, um, shortly after I had received the phone call in regards to my, fa- my in regards to my sister a year ago, I started hearing her voice saying, "Hey, Richard, everything's okay. Everything's okay." And um, there were some things that were shared after the fact in terms of uh, the fact that uh, my sister was not afraid of the hard questions, which I already knew because two months earlier. Uh, I had a, a phone conversation with her and I asked her one of those hard questions. Are you ready? And she gave me that typical answer. Yes and no. You know, she didn't want to leave her husband behind having to deal with all the stuff. But she says, no, I'm not afraid. I'm ready. I am ready to go. Now, I can say for myself, so am I. I'm ready. If today were my day, I'm good to go. Do I want to? No, there's still a lot I want to do, but I don't have any control over that. You know, um, only the universe knows what the expiration date on my ticket is, you know, my departure <laughs> right. date. Uh, right. You know, I have the arrival date, got that down pat, but it's the departure that I don't know about. And I'm hoping that is it, it's a good 40 plus years down the road. Um, but yeah, I, I do take some comfort in that. Even my wife who has lost all of her brothers and sisters and parents. She's the last remaining uh, member of the family. Um, She spends a lot of time by herself because she isn't working right now. And she says that she feels them around her. And I says, then you need to connect with them. You need to talk with them. You need to uh, let them remind you that you are not alone. And I think that that a lot of people they kind of poo-poo this whole thing because um, they're they're trapped in either their fear and or their grief, and there's nothing wrong with either of those, but you don't want to get trapped. And um, I know that, and 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 this sounds even coming out of my mouth into my ears sounds kind of weird, but I haven't been. I, I I haven't been the same since since my father's passing. Uh, more so, I was. Uh, I suppose I rebounded a little faster with my sister. I don't, I, you know, but I I just it's like I I I trying to find that that spark again. I'm trying to find that that um, ignition point. And it's not that. Uh, I mean, I still love doing these interviews. I still look forward to having these conversations. Matter of fact, um, when I left for uh, work this morning and I get here and I set everything up and I look at my calendar going, okay, I should have an 830 interview. Oh, oh, I don't have an interview. Oh, okay. I was a little disappointed, <laughs> but I was glad that you and I were going to chat this today 
and uh, uh, very grateful for that. We are talking with Diane Collins, and uh, dianecollins.com is the website. And the book is entitled, Do You Quantum Think? We hope you'll get a copy of that. Go to her website. We will be linked to it as we continue here on Tell Me Your Story. I'm Richard Dugan, your host, Diane Collins, my guest. And uh, I I want to thank you so much for, for being a part of this program for the fifth time. And I know that this won't be the last time because you've got this uh, other supplemental thing coming up. But you also, of course, have this uh, this beautiful song. It's very, very cool. Quantum science is providing what ancient wisdom preaches. Start living as one being, not what your outer eye teaches. There may be distinctions, but no real separation. And we have been imbued with the power of creation. And I love how you end this particular song, which is, it's, it's a rather long song, but it's a good one. Do it. Do it for yourself. Do it for us. Take a quantum leap in, leap in consciousness. And when you quantum think, you wake up in consciousness. Repeating this, when you quantum leap, you wake up in consciousness. You and I, we're awake. 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 Yes, we are. We're not woke. Distinction. We are not woke. We are awake. And we continue to wake more as we begin these processes, uh, whether it's using the 21 plus one uh, techniques and uh, steps that uh, uh, Diane has uh, elucidated in her book, Do You Quantum Think? Or whatever you choose to use. Uh, I have to say, Diane, that uh, one of my favorite books, which was is my metaphysical primer, Autobiography of a Yogi. Uh, it's got some great stories in there Me that, too. yeah, that elucidate um, much of what you talk about in your book. And so we encourage people to get a copy of your book as well. And I thank you so much for being a part of what we're doing here. Oh, it is such a, such a joy, such a pleasure. The time flies, right? Can I just say something to you before we go? I don't know how much time we have. Plenty. Okay. About you and your dad. And thank you so much. I'm so grateful to be here in these conversations with you. Um, I think that you're maybe think, you know, consider, and I like that word too. And, mm -hmm. you know, we have so much in common. The autobiography of a yogi, that shifted my life when I was, I don't know, young. Okay. Mm -hmm. Luckily, I was read it at a young age. But anyway, Yogananda, in case anyone wants to know. So um, I think maybe consider allowing yourself the grieving process mm. that when you say you haven't been yourself, you know, when you lose someone who you're close to, who you love, who was, you know, <laughs> gave you life in a sense, um there's grieving mm -hmm. and i you know i never realized until an uncle i was very close to i didn't realize that there was a distinction between sadness and grieving and i think maybe that's 
that's okay. And I, I think that grieving from what I've seen of other people and myself, where you realize it was the, the person's time to go for me, for my dad was 94. Um, I was happy for him because at the end he was suffering a little bit with illness. And, you know, once it came a struggle for him to get through the day, it was like, okay, dad, time to go. He agrees. <laughs> and, but I think, so I wasn't sad, but there's a missing, you know, I was going to mm -hmm. say one day I had like kind of almost a pain in my heart. And I real what was this? And I realized that was grief. And that it's a different kind of emotion. Mm -hmm. And in a way, it's a it's an emotion where that raises your consciousness, that lifts us. Because it's so far beyond, you know, let's say the superficialities of life that we live in. As a, as a way of life <laughs> that we enjoy. I'm not putting it down, but it takes you out of that and you're in a different state. And I, I feel like that's what you're experiencing and that, you know, just kind of recommending to you, not telling you what to do, but I only do save. I save that for my husband. <laughs> He's like, Will you stop telling me what to do? I say, no, God gave me the job and I'm going to live up to it. There you go. But I think that you, you know, as a, just allowing yourself. And I think you're, you're coming to so many awarenesses through it. It's like a gift. Yeah. That yeah. he's given you. And, and I have to say too, that, um, uh, as I as I have shared on numerous occasions, uh, even on this program, that uh, my father uh, and he shared this with me when he was alive. He said that uh, he really he gives my mother all of the credit for our upbringing, and it's like, are you kidding? And at the memorial, myself and my two, th uh, my three remaining sisters and my brother, um, all of our remarks could be summed up in basically one phrase. We would not be the people we are if it hadn't been for you. Taking nothing away from my mother, the focus is on his memorial, and and uh, that he. Yeah. I I hope he knows now that uh, he had a very big impact on the lives of his children, uh, whether he uh, thought so in this world or not, and. Um, I'm grateful for the lessons that he taught me and the things that uh, he taught me. Uh, and, um, you know, it's, it's, it's been a beautiful life and it's not over at least not yet for me. So I want to continue his legacy, if you will, uh, by continuing these programs, because I know that, uh, uh, he was very frustrated in the last 10 or 12 or more years of his life because of what he saw happening in the world. And in this country and, and so forth and so on. And I used to say that uh, uh, my dad passed at 91. I'm 60. I'll be 63 in June. And uh, I, I would say uh, to people, I said, my dad is 70 or 80 or 85 or whatever. You know, he's been around 30 years longer than me. I can, and I'm frustrated. So I can only imagine how frustrating my dad must be over the <laughs> right. way things are, you know. So 
but but we never got into those conversations about things because mm -hmm. we both knew that what was the point you know what we, misery loves company yeah, no, we're not gonna we're not gonna go there. We're gonna focus on all the good stuff. Yeah, and that's really and, what we want to do. And I think that's what, you know, that's why your show is terrific because this is what we're focused on. You know, I think I like to say we stay in the cosmic perspective, which is that more expansive. Wow, this is a time of transition. Yeah. And to get very technical about it from a quantum thing point of view, where it's, you know, which is the worldview assumptions shaping your thinking, the scientific materialism or the quantum age. And of course, quantum think is we proactively shape our thinking according to the more expanded, up-to-date, more accurate view of reality brought to us by science and spirituality. Mm -hmm. But the point being is that the the um, institutions, the societal structures of society and the institutions that we're living in now, that we see coming under scrutiny and, and you know, looking all the different faultiness with it, mm -hmm. you know, and kind of seem to be crumbling yeah that they were born with the thinking that according to the assumptions of scientific materialism the industrial age aka and so it makes sense we're in a quantum age yeah. we actually are ready to restructure and this mm -hmm. is also an astrological thing from the past since 2008 mm -hmm. we'll go to astrology but okay pluto and capricorn which just changed into aquarius <laughs> a few days ago for the next 20 years but i won't go into it but i'll mention okay. it for anyone okay. who's astro who likes astrology that which more people are because of the age of aquarius people right. there's a bigger interest in it now but the and if everything esoteric you know everything's spiritual but when you look at it and you say restructuring it doesn't mean throwing out the old the the established status quo restructuring means you look at keep what's working mm -hmm. and this is goes as a collective societal and also filters back to us as individuals what in your life when you look at it and this is quantum thinking is living consciously with awareness being aware of what i call the energies of the time referred to as and these are the energies of the time so you think okay restructuring and we saw all the systems and structures especially corporations governments that's what capricorn rules since 2008 and so we don't just throw them out you know like let's not just throw out the U.S. Constitution. No. Right, right. It's like, how can we reinterpret it? Maybe mm -hmm. uh, do a little bit of restructuring. It's not. It's not because that's a document. It's a little bit different. Maybe it needs to be looked at newly. But you don't just like throw it out. Like let's right. throw out capitalism and bring in socialism. That doesn't make sense. But when you're quantum thinking, you're thinking from a both and perspective mm -hmm. so even from you know the economic financial 
which is very important, obviously, always important, and especially now because that's going through a big transition. Yep. And we really need to have both and view thinkers who can look at it from the whole and for the good of the whole of everyone and see what's going to work now. Is it a combination of cryptocurrencies and fiat currencies? You know, this is one of the lenses I look through, you know, spirituality, quantum think, astrology, financial, and technology. Those are my five major lenses. We all mm -hmm. have them. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, looking at that and saying like, okay, let's get rid of this. Or, you know, there are certain things that we don't need the isms. We need to be looking at what works now. Mm -hmm. and this is the importance of new thinking. And what I call, you know, what you quoted from, paraphrased from Einstein, which I say in Do You Quantum Think? It's become a modern day mantra, not only because it makes sense, but because it's never been more relevant. Yes. Because the thing that we need to restructure since it shapes everything else manifest that we live in is our thinking. So if you can restructure your thinking, expand your awareness, uh, go beyond the automatic, you know, least action pathways of the culture of your individuality, whatever it is. You don't have to give up everything. That's not the point. It's a both and. Yeah. But you look at, are these points of view that I've been attached to, mm -hmm. are they still good for me? Are they right, still right. relevant? Right. What do I need? What kind of thinking do I need to let go of? Mm -hmm. What can I embrace as I'm listening to Richard Dugan's Tell Me Your Story, where you have so many brilliant, great, expansive guests on and with your hosting, you know, and being able to really expand and extend the, the conversation and the consciousness of every one of us listening in this conversation, which goes beyond time. Mm -hmm. And that's the beauty of our technology too, you know, yeah. is that we're living in time and beyond time simultaneously. So it's like, how, you know, what am I feeling drawn to? What am I resonating with? What, you know, tool or or practice, whether it's quantum think or whether it's any of the other things that, that you bring forth on your show, that if you feel drawn to it, right? Allow yourself to open up to it, go forward with it. And remember that we're creating it all the time, our experience of life. That yeah. is the observer creative reality. Yeah. And so that's the good part. Yeah. I've even and heard it said, I've even heard it put this way. Um, you don't want to destroy the old institutions. What you want to do is you want to create new ones that make the old ones obsolete. Right. So and you're not was, wasting your time in 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 destruction and construction. All you do is you work on construction and make sure that again it makes the old one obsolete that is not working. And you can still incorporate elements that do work from the old model into the new. Uh, we're talking with Diane Collins here on Tell Me Your Story.
I'm Richard Dugan, your host, and I thank you so much for being with us. Diane, uh, I have those uh, three uh, uh, questions that I, uh, I've i asked you four other times, but we're in our 15th year, so we've kind of changed <laughs> the questions up just a little bit. Okay. All right. But before I uh, ask you those questions, I need to thank you for listening to and watching Tell Me Your Story. New paradigms for a new world where we're giving you choices and knowledge of those choices to help make your dreams come true. Sundays at 7 a.m. and 7 p.m., Monday mornings at 1 a.m., Wednesdays at 9 a.m. That is our special edition of Tell Me Your Story. We stream live at those times at richarddugan.com, and we're podcasting on SoundCloud, iTunes, TuneIn Radio, Spotify, Stitcher, Player, FM, Blueberry, iHeartRadio, Amazon Music, and many other locations on the internet. We are also on YouTube where you can watch these interviews. I hope that you will uh, select being notified so that every time I put up a new interview, you uh, know that, ah, there's another conversation. Let's go Let's go check that one out. I'm not so much concerned with the numbers. I, hey, they're nice. I mean, we're at uh, almost 94,000 listens after... Um, starting our podcasting in January of 2018. Uh, but um, YouTube, uh, I think we're at uh, 103 subscribers. And that's fine because I know that there are a whole bunch. It's like 95% um, of the views on my YouTube channel are from non-subscribers. Only 5% are from my YouTube subscribers. That's fine. I have no problem with that whatsoever. So I thank you for listening and watching uh, Tell Me Your Story online. We also ask that if you can support the work that we're doing financially, we have a PayPal account. It is there for your security as well as ours. And all you have to do when you go to PayPal is uh, type in my email address, richard at richarddugan.com. That is to whom you will be sending that support. And we thank you, thank you, thank you for those who have helped and for those who will help. And also spend some time going within, listening to that still small voice and just spending some time in that quiet, calm, peaceful place. Hey, uh, you know, um, our guest, uh, Diane Collins, mentioned uh, meditation is one of those five pillars that she uh, she looks at or lenses that she looks through, if you will. So we hope that you will do that. With all of that being said, we now go to those three questions. The first one is still the same, and it is, uh, who is Diane Collins? <laughs> oh, no, really? <laughs> okay. Um, I have now, I have now this cute way of saying it. A girl with a new point of view. And really, that's it. I mean, I don't really <laughs> need to say anything about it. I th I'm also a person who understands that we're each here for a unique purpose. And when you can distinguish that purpose, and which, again, is in uh, one of the, the distinctions in the quantum thing system is called the whole movement of purpose. Exactly for that purpose <laughs> to distinguish to help you distinguish your purpose because it's not just one thing, but mm -hmm. it gets expressed in many ways throughout your lifetime when you're thinking from the whole of your life rather than increments. Well, I used to be that profession and now I'm this. You know, I changed a lot. I had a lot of different experiences in in terms of who I am. And I, you know, before I got that distinction. 
oh, it's all connected. I used to think, is there something wrong with me? <laughs> I keep changing my mind. I was in corporate management. I was this. I was a photographer. I was, you know, why? Now I'm making a song. Anyway, and then I realized, and I say it like this, that uh, divine wisdom presents us with all the experiences we need as training to live and express our purpose as our contribution in the world. So uh, that's Diane Collins. Okay. I'm in touch with it. I love it. I'm grateful for it. And I'm having a good time. What is your life's purpose? Oh, <laughs> and speaking of purpose, <laughs> is my life's purpose is, is just this to be a catalyst for people to be able to have a joyful experience of life through connecting to what it takes to live in the state of full self-realization. I'm not a guru. I don't, would never pretend to be one. I'm just saying, I know I'm there. I've been called by some readers a bridge. So I'm here. My purpose is to teach the world and to quantum think. To create, a, I like to think of it as, um, if I put it in the worldly sense, I'm here to create a quantum thinking world. And finally, what was your best day? My best day? Oh, my goodness. Um, that's too hard of a question. <laughs> I don't think I could answer that question. Is that a new question? What is my best day? I think every I mean, you know, it sounds trite, but every day I, I don't, um, I don't relate to a best day. I do relate to every day creating the best day, creating a best day every mm. day, because it can go either way, right? You that can is get true. pulled by the threat. You can get pulled by the circumstances. We all look at our phones, you know, first thing I see my, and you could get pulled. I always say to my husband every day, what's the good news? And because I'm creating that. And he goes, well, there's not too much good news. I said, well, make something up. <laughs> <laughs> Seriously, this is a ritual. One of my personal rituals with him. We have relationship rituals. You know, one of them is we read after breakfast every day something from a spiritual master, a spiritual work, so that we connect in together to that sacred spiritual realm as a as a start to our day and to do it you know as a couple anyway but that's what i do and i you know i just say you you can have the same same set of circumstances yesterday or today maybe one day you're feeling kind of you know down depressed or you know frustrated as you mentioned or just fed up with the whole thing and the next day you can be alive and in 
spirited and ready to go, you know, and just loving everything about your life. And nothing in the circumstance changed. Mm -hmm. So what was the difference? And this is the importance why the observer created reality is the heart of the matter, is that we get to say how it's going to be. And, you know, it's like the old thing of the glass half empty, half full, but we actually do have that capability to look at it as I, I coach people in my, in my uh, masterclass video program. Today is a glorious day because you wake up and you create your intent for the day consciously. Today is a glorious day. It doesn't have an end goal to it. It's an activation of an energy field, of your resonant field. That's how I use the intent. It's like an omnipresent, you know, all time, all the time, beyond time. You can create intent endlessly. And because of the way that the nature of reality works where we actually create a resonant field and we attract that which is in sympathetic resonance with our field and that's what happens right mm -hmm. so you don't have to have a bad hair day just because you woke up into a set of circumstances it's and can i just share one that was real for me last week mm -hmm. is that Everything was ha everything seemed to be happening at once. My, we had to get new computers. Both of us had, we had to get new computers. I had to, you know, buy our cars, which were on. Anyway, it was new computers, new cars, new this, new that. You know, iPads, and then everything. All these projects that I've been working on with associated with other people waiting months for they all came in oh can you have this by this writing forward for something one's book doing this working on my show and it was everything at once and then the family hi i'm coming to visit it's spring break and it was like what so i thought <laughs> you know it was like hi and that's in addition to everything else that is going on. That's normal for, you know, every day, just the reality of life every day. And I thought, why? And, you know, and I was in this Peter Diamandis's Abundance 360. He had, he's good friends with Tony Robbins. So he, that was one of his guests. He has all, you know, unbelievable people. But what's different about that conference is that he's in a converse, like a, conversation with them so it's not just they're giving a presentation and i think and you get to see all the different things that they're doing and i thought okay miss quantum thinker here <laughs> instead of being in a state of overwhelm how about creating an intent which another way of saying intent is creating a new context that you're choosing to live from not because it's true or false, because intent transcends that domain, as you said earlier, mm -hmm. no absolute fixed reality. So which is true? It's not about true or false. It's about 
what context for today am I going to live from? So I, this was in some part, you could do it without circumstance, circumstances uh, ruling it. But in this case, I was listening to all these, you know, genius and, you know, billionaire, self-made billionaire from technology uh, innovation in their 20s and different people running different companies, a lot of different companies. And I thought, they're running like five companies and I'm worried about buying a computer, a car and, you know, giving a birthday party. And I thought, well, who do I want to be in the world now? How do I want to play? And why am I relating to myself and giving myself an experience of overwhelm just from having, you know, a few different activities, a mm -hmm. lot of different activities in this case. Oh, and I had a cold on top of it. That didn't help. <laughs> but, you know, I still had to do it. So I, that was my shift in, con I shifted my, the context. I created a new intent. And that's for the rest of my life. That's a transformation that I made consciously for the rest of my life by saying to myself, you know what? This is your life. This is your life. Mm. It's not going to be like all the projects are going to be finished tomorrow and you're going to go outside and lie on the beach. We happen to live on the beach in Miami. So I could <laughs> I could do that. I, right now, I just look at it. <laughs> but um, that's okay. You know, I like looking at it. The, the, you know, the point is, is that this is what I chose. This is an aspect of my purpose mm -hmm. is to be able to manage a lot of different details and try to bring them together for myself and for others in such a way that we can live in the bigger picture and have it be a joyful, bountiful life. And that was just an instantaneous shift in consciousness that I had to awaken myself to. How big mm. or small do I want to play? And I'm choosing to live the big context. Well, Diane, I want to thank you so much for sharing with us here on the program, uh, giving us so much time. And uh, we thank you and we uh, look forward to having you back again in the near future. I love it. And thank you so much. And thank you to everyone listening <laughs> and um, wishing you all the best. Thank you, Richard. And I thank you for listening to and watching Tell Me Your Story, New Paradigms for a New World, where we're giving you choices and knowledge of those choices to help make your dreams come true. And those choices are rooted in the 21st century, ladies and gentlemen. And until our next broadcast, podcast, video cast, love to Lal and Jeanette, I'm listening. And dad, be happy. We're in a new world. You've got to think in a new way. You've got to think and sink or get driven to drink. Do it for yourself. Do it for us. Take a quantum leap in consciousness to a fully dimensional reality. The more accurate view of knowledge at the edge today.
got to expand. Your thinking is bland. It should be banned, woman, child, or man. You're not in command. You think you think free, but between you and me, your thinking is shaped by the 17th century. Your thinking is based on an inaccurate view from the age of machines, and we're mechanical too. It's all too automatic. No wonder it's autocratic. What's worse, it's becoming more and more erratic. There's an increasing amount of static in thought patterns, automatic. It may have worked then, but it doesn't work now. No need for concern, cause I'll show you how to quantum think and sync with a new worldview, an expanded reality within me and in you. Quantum science is proving what ancient wisdom preaches. Start living as one being, not what your outer eye teaches. There may be distinctions, but no real separation. And we have been imbued with the power of creation. The most powerful force is the light of your awareness. Divine light revealed in all is justifiable fairness. Quantum science is showing what spiritual masters have said. Now you can quantum think so the wisdom can embed in the culture and in you it's really one and not two. Instead, you start living the wisdom. It's alive in you. When you quantum think, you wake up. One thing you got to know and know that it's true. You cannot see a new world from an old worldview. These are the principles to make that leap. Conscious intent allowing infinite possibility. Non-local mind and intuition. Success to mastery. Being in one conversation is transformation as distinct from change. Perspective of all perspectives being centered. It's a master's game. Holistic and holographic for aspects of knowing. Awaken yourself quick because your aura is showing. Leave on awareness and mere concept and get participatory. There are no separations now. You've learned that story. You finally can agree, you know it now, I know you see. There is no doubt about it, we are all energy. It's one living being, sister planets in the earth, the whole universe. No need to rehearse, the cosmos and us, it's all consciousness. When you quantum think you wake up, in consciousness when you quantum think you wake up now you take the quantum
quantum leap, then you live from the new. It's awesome, right? It's groovy, and it's so easy, too. The wisdom lives in me, and it's way alive in you. Quantum think is a portal to the new worldview. You glean the physical, energetic, and the virtual, too. The cosmic laws and the spiritual, where our hearts meet again. In prophecies esoteric, that's the soul's domain. In the eyes of divine mystery, we really are all the same. This is the paradox and the irony. It's a cosmic boutique. We're all of us the same, and we're each of us unique. There's only one of me and just only one of you. To know you and to love you is to live as true. Check it out, your soul's journey. There are so many ways for you to live your purpose. You'll transcend this craze. The world will come together when you leave the haze. Awaken from the daze, the limits of the good, but the very old days. When you quantum think you wake up, you live consciously with awareness and compassion, gratitude on your knees. You appreciate all the codes, all the magic we are given to create in this life your own dreams, your own heaven. When you quantum think you wake you up, you live beyond time in paradise yours and mine. All you have to do is be conscious of what's in your mind and not just when you feel like it, but aware all the time. You interrupt automatic habits, create intent, tune into the bigger picture you and I are living in. You are happy, you are joyful, you live fully dimensionally, a faithful, trusted way to your own mastery. Quantum think now. It's time to begin. Do it right now, so we can all of us win. Do it for yourself. Do it for us. Take a quantum leap in consciousness. Do it for yourself. And do it for us. Take a quantum leap. In consciousness, do it for yourself, do it for us. Take a quantum leap in consciousness, do it for yourself, do it for us. Thank you.